Adam, let's let's begin with this. That's cool. I <laughs> this, just I just wanted you to know that. Yeah. You're good. We're recording now, by the way. Um, oh, great. Hey, all right. We're just talking about Twitter and, and YouTube Facebook and YouTube high people. High school and how YouTubers. All the same. Yeah. The, the following program contains scenes of violence, nudity, and mature subject matter. Parental discretion is advised. L.I.W. from the Crypt. Review. Welcome to L.I.W. The Twilight Zone. No, we're not on Twilight Zone. Tales from the Crypt Review. Good God. I knew that would Welcome happen. Welcome to the Twilight Zone, where we don't know what episode we're talking about. It's so the Twilight Zone that I watched the Twitter, or Tales from the Crypt. That's how, that's how in the Twilight Zone we are. But I'm Phoenix West. And I'm Adam Wilcox. Thank you, Adam, for joining me on Tales from the Crypt Review. Every single time I try to write down in my notes, Tales from the Crypt, I write down Twilight Zone. Because I've been doing that show for five years, and this one for eight episodes. So it's going to take some time, and I apologize. Uh, this is episode nine. At least we're not calling it Tales from the Dark Side. Oh, God. I hate you for that still. <laughs> but <laughs> We've got it out of our system. At least we'll never make that mistake ever again. I hope not, but there's still plenty of episodes for that show left. Uh, but let me get into this real quick. Uh, this is episode nine for Tales from the Crypt 512, Halfway Horrible. Last time we reviewed uh, 510 came the dawn, and I kind of stepped away from the cartoon episodes, even though next week we got to get two 308 of the cartoon drawn and quartered, and I, Adam, can I just express my frustration right off the bat? So a couple days ago, I had, I drew a cartoon episode. And I went, all right, I got to review this. My friend Richard was going to be on Sunday. I ran into some shit on Sunday, and I couldn't do it. But I still wanted to review the episode before Sunday so that he didn't have to deal with that. I reviewed the episode on Saturday, and then I drew an episode. I was like, all right, so I got this one out of the way. Let's see what Richard and I have to do. Drew it. Another fucking cartoon episode. There is a 23% chance I draw a cartoon episode based on the math of the board as is. 17 out of 75 of them. That's 23.6 repeating. I did the math. 23.6 repeating. I drew three cartoon episodes in a fucking row. That has got to be mathematically so fucking impossible that I can't even calculate it. But I drew three in a row, three out of seven episodes, one of them which was a Tales from the Dark Side, so three out of six, half of the episodes. So 50% are drawn on a 23% odds. I... I I cannot fathom how this has happened, but I didn't want to do that to you today when, when you, me, and, uh, oh, today for us recording, for us recording 510 episode, I didn't want to make you guys watch a cartoon, so I, I, I drew, drawn, and quartered, skipped it, went to 510, and then luckily we drew another actual episode after that of 512 Halfway Horrible. You realize what <sighs> this is? You are in... A Twilight Zone episode. Maybe that you keep thinking that a TV show is going to somehow bring you satisfaction, and you always draw the wrong answer no matter what. You have the absolute worst luck of anybody I know. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's it. You you have the cursed uh, bingo ball uh, holder. Whenever I have to draw fifty fifty, I will go like this. So you, if you tell me. You have a 50% chance of getting A or B. B is amazing. You want B. A is shit. I go, 
put me down for A. Because I know if I draw 50-50, I get the shit out of the stick every single fucking time. Every single time. So it's amazing to me. It also expected of me that I draw a cartoon episode with 23% odds every single week. And every single week, I, repl- I replace it on the board with another fucking cartoon episode drawn randomly out of a stack of cards in my hand. So we're still at 17 out of 75 from the very beginning. I have never replaced a cartoon episode with an actual episode. It's always been a cartoon episode. It is fucking amazing. There's only 39 cartoon episodes. I've done three of them so far. Drawn four. I'm mad. I'm real mad. But let's get into today's episode. (sighs) I'm angry, Adam. Sorry. Tell tell them what it's called. Because it it kind of... it's it's funny how the the show this this episode reviewed itself before we even had to say anything. Yeah, because on five ten episode episode eight of this show, we drew a card, which ended up being halfway horrible for today. And it lets you know right off the bat. I think I made the comparison last week of saying, "It's like me going, I'll give you six seconds of pleasure, lady." And then me giving you seven seconds and being like, eh, I exceeded my expectations. What do you want? I, I only gave you seven, but it's more than I said I would. What, I mean, come on. So it, it lets you know right away, it's okay. <laughs> it's halfway. It's halfway horrible. It's halfway horrible. It's almost like the person that wrote it said, this script is halfway horrible. Oh, oh my God. Let's just call this halfway horrible. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the editor went, this is fucking terrible. Well, halfway. It's like halfway horrible. Either that or Clancy Brown said so. (laughs) Yes, Clancy Brown is our main character, and God bless that man. I love him so much. I do, too. I do, too. He is very hard not to like. Everything I've ever seen him in, he's always given 150%. He commits so much to this episode to the point where Adam and I, when we're watching it in real time at the end, we're like, oh, I feel so bad for him because he's... He's doing everything he can to make this a great episode, and it doesn't matter because there's no writing, there's no directing, there's no cinematography that can save this. This no. man's Captain Hadley from Chawshank Redemption. He's Sergeant Zim from Starship Troopers. The man has nothing to work with in this episode. He's, he's the Kurgan from Highlander. He's, he's a Sirtu from Thor Ragnarok. We could go on forever. We really could. I do love yeah, Thor had Ragnarok. He had a little cameo in The Punisher as well. So, Oh, yeah. The TV, yeah, the TV series. Yeah. So, uh, the man is great. He, he's Captain... He's the fucking crab from... I don't, what the fuck is the name of that show? SpongeBob SquarePants? He's the crab. That's like his yep. biggest money-making you know, role. He, he's... What's his name? Cra- Krabby Patty? Is that his name? Or is that just the name of the restaurant? Yep, that's it. I don't know I enough about Krabby, SpongeBob. Maybe, yeah. But it has a great voice on there. But the man commits. The man is a great actor. He's been working for fucking ever. And you just feel bad watching him in this voodoo episode about zombies that doesn't fucking matter. And You just... shouldn't feel bad, though, because on paper, this sounds swell. It, tell him the cast, dude. The, the, the cast, the, 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 the whole fucking cast of this show are people we know from way better movies and yeah. TV shows. I mean, we start off with Clancy Brown. What more do you need? Honestly, if it was if he was the only name I recognized, I would still be satisfied. That is a true statement. We had, we had we had Clancy Brown, right? Clancy Brown can hold his own. He has all the best lines in Shawshank. 
Uh, but we also have Martin Cove, who plays Detective. We have... He's Crease he's from the uh, uh, Karate Kid series that's yeah. still going strong. And he's yeah. in those TurboTax commercials now where he says... Where he's playing Crease from the Karate Kid <laughs> yeah, <laughs> More mercy. That one. So that's pretty much what he's going to be known for, even though he had a little bit part in uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2, which is a movie I oh, adore yeah, that's for true. terrible reasons. But he's always going to be Crease. I always like to think in my mind that there's a crossover universe where those yeah. two movies intersect. <laughs> like he was working for Rambo in Vietnam, post-Vietnam. Got fed up with the military. Fuck it, I'll go open a karate school. Now. But I do love those commercials now because he does, this is going to sound real weird and real specific, but it's true. He does something in that episode, or that commercial for TurboTax that I love, which is most actors of his, like in that role would, would say like, remember at that point in that commercial where he goes, hey, more mercy. And he keeps staring at that girl across the room. Most actors would look at the camera and, and wink or like, eh, get it? Like the movie. But instead, this actor is so committed and so good, he keeps staring at the woman off screen. He's like, more mercy, and keeps staring at her until the end of the commercial. And it sounds stupid to say that, but I also go, oh my God, that guy's great. Like, he's committed to this role. He doesn't, he's not like trying to play it winky winky. He's going, I'm playing this fucking serious. More mercy. Yeah. He, he's owning it. He, he, he really does care about that character. Yeah, uh, it it's means, great. Stuff to him. And it's funny how <laughs> the resurgence of that show, like all the people that played those characters have returned to those characters as if they're real people. And what makes that show work, I'm not going to turn this into a Karate Kid episode, but it's... Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Yeah, the the Cobra Kai, what makes that work is those characters haven't changed, but the world around them has. Yeah. And that's why it fucking works. I haven't seen the the Cobra Kai show. I really haven't. Um, Probably because you can't. You need to have a YouTube Red account to even watch the fucking thing. Exactly. And who the fuck has that? We're on YouTube, both of us, and we're just bad talking YouTube for like... 25 straight minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, all let me just say, episode. fuck YouTube. I don't give a... Sh- this is not coming from Adam. This is coming from me. Fuck you, YouTube. I don't give a shit about YouTube. But, yeah, it's he's committed and he's great and it's fucking hilarious. And we also have Charles Martin Smith um, as Colin. We have John Tenney as Alex. And it goes on. Cheech Marin shows up late in the episode. Cheech Marin's in it. Yeah, Ch- Charles Martin Smith was, uh, he was Toad in American Graffiti. Uh, he was the guy that the, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was the one chasing Starman in the Starman movie. And he was also uh, in Can we get away uh, from John? Yeah. Can we get away from John Carpenter? Can we please no, get can't. away? <laughs> we can't. I can't fucking do it, man. I can't do it. Everything we, always we revolves do back it. to John Carpenter for me. Or Brian De Palma. He's my John Frankenheimer. I'm sorry. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> no apologies. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. No problem. I like talking about John Carpenter. Um, yep. But, yeah, the, the episode has a lot of great actors that do great work. Honestly, I have zero, zero complaints about the acting. I have zero complaints about the tone. I do have a lot of complaints about the cinematography, the writing, the directing, and everything behind the scenes. That's where I really the have biggest, my issues. Yeah, the, the biggest sin is taking all of these great actors and dumping them into this nothing episode. It, it's, it's, it's almost like Hollywood should be held accountable for this episode. Like, like they should have to pay fines and shit for, for doing that. You don't get that much talent into one episode and make this piece of shit. 
And you get excited when you think, oh, zombies. But no, Phoenix, they're not the zombies that we know, like the Walking Dead zombies or the Dawn of the Dead zombies. It's those fake late 80s, early 90s, fake voodoo bullshit zombies. You made the perfect comparison to this first zombie and only zombie that we see. Go ahead. <laughs> it, it's perfect. Fake, it, it is exactly what you said it was. It, it is. It's the it's the fake zombies from. Okay, it's it, it's it's like mixing. Um, I'm trying to remember if this is what I said because it's it, it's getting late into the night here. Uh, it, it's the the what's the name of that movie again? The the serpent in the rainbow meets uh, <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That one I didn't That's, agree with. What I agree with okay. was um, American Weather from London. That's it. Okay. He shows up. Uh, here's the problem. I can't really go into detail what happens. It begins with Clancy Brown and his partner, uh, Martin Cove. They find like a body in the morgue. It ha- it's all fucked up. Some tattooed out after after it's dead. Dead the, man's chest tattoo. He goes home. Yeah, dead man's <laughs> chest. I was having fucking horrible flashbacks. He goes. Clancy Brown goes home. He finds that someone wrote, "I I will never forgive, never forget," or something like that. And then he invites, you know, his friend over from Karate Kid. And they sit there and they talk about nonsense while some detective, like, looks at the, the alligator on the wall and the, and the same exact uh, weird glass that they had in the last episode that we watched. I swear to you that that living room <laughs> is the same fucking house from Dead Man's Chest, except they just put the African decor inside. They just James moved around said. those windows and put them here and put some alligator on it. It was clearly the exact all, same piece. All pieces. of this must have been filmed in some asshole's house. Like, like yeah. One, one well, the, it's the a set. This is a set. So they moved that glass okay. from that episode and moved it over here and went, here it's voodoo shit now. But they, he, he's uh, like inventory. He's inventorying all the weird shit in the house while they're talking. And they're talking about like, I'm going to go get that guy. And they keep having weird flashbacks about these four guys that were, it seemed like a Vietnam flashback for some fucking reason, but it wasn't. Where they're in Africa... <laughs> Or South America, right? South America. It was a bad Wes Craven movie flashback oh, is what it was. <laughs> God, I hate Serpent in the Rainbow. But they're, <laughs> they're, they're doing like weird voodoo shit. They give some weird medication to some guy. And the second they gave it to him, it's like this glowing blue black light voodoo goo, I guess. Boot slime, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they give it to him and he shoots him and it's like dripping out of his mouth. Looks like a fucking black, uh, a black light money shot in his mouth. Yep. And uh, I was like, okay, he's clearly going to be the bad guy now. But then it cuts to them now, and then they decide, oh, fuck it, let's go. And then the, he comes back later and finds that more shit. I, can, I, I can't even track this plot, Adam. I'm sorry. I'm having a really tough time. He, he what was happens? trying to take the, zo- the zombie serum that they, that they found in wherever the fuck it was, because they never really tell us. They, they've got they, they said South America. That's as far as we got. Mannequins standing in for natives. They don't move. They're just literally mannequins. They just Only the females. Side. Yeah, only the females. That's all. The only topless stuff you're going to get are mannequins. On a dead man's chest is the only nudity yeah. that's real. So far, so far, yeah. Uh, so uh, we do get one swear at least. So there's that. Um, Clancy Brown says yeah, fuck. They find this serum, and Clancy Brown is apparently a, a food additive guy, and he's going to take the oh, serum yeah. to to make old food new again. He's doing an this interview. What man? <laughs> he's doing an interview. It comes in so late, like 22 minutes into the episode, where he has an apple, and he's getting interviewed by some guy, and he's like. This apple's three years old. 
go ahead and try it. And he takes a bite and he's like, crisp. He's like, damn right. So he's taking this like zombie day glow blue bullshit and putting in the apples. And that's the point of the voodoo is to make fruit. Like it's a, it's a weird, it extends the life of fruit. It's a natural preservative. It's a preservative for fruit. Who gives a shit? I started losing my shit. When I hate that. voodoo like, shit. Really where they're going to go with this. But, and then you realize toward the end, that's all there was. That's not, yeah, that's not yeah. even the beginning of the twist. That's just the end of the twist because. Wait, there's a twist? If <laughs> I lost the twist. Well, the twist is, I'll, I'll get there. The twist is just the reveal at the end, which is not even a twist because he becomes, he, he's trying to do this. He's leading this company. Clancy Brown is. He's leading this company to release apples that are three years old, which apparently is a fucking evil scheme. But he's been trying out this fluid on people instead of apples. It's like a something like green thing. But then he uh, he meets his old partner, who's a zombie. And then this is right after he just beat down Charles Martin Smith on the table a couple times and smashes his yeah, face he in. Yeah, hits him three times and he just squishes <laughs> his head on a fucking exact table. Yeah. It's a marble table that moves every single time he hits him. Like, moves like a tray table. Like, <laughs> and he does this because Charles Martin Smith is an asshole boss. That's pretty much the only reason why he did it. That's all we got out of is it. He, anyway. I thought he was his underling. Clancy Brown is was, clearly is the boss. Yeah. He, he was threatening him with some kind of stuff. He says, you're going to have, you know, uh, something about no, he was warning the FDA him. and all these other people are going to, you know, investigate you and all this kind of shit. I didn't get that as a boss. His, yeah, his, I got that sources. as... Sorry, okay, go, go ahead. ahead. No, sorry. You go ahead. Something about his sources were not checked or something like that. So he was... Everything that he thought he was going to make from this, somehow Charles Martin Smith was going to... You know, rat him out and tell him he's like, well, you know, you, you didn't, you didn't go through the proper channels. It's one of those types of bullshit, fucking type plot things. Yeah, oh, that's true. But the only thing is, I got that as Clancy Brown is a boss because he says he owns this place. I, okay. I assume uh, Charles Martin Smith was like his underling that was like, hey, boss, you're gonna get, you know, warning him. You're that's gonna, right. Okay. You're gonna get caught. So that's why he's like, bam, bam, bam. And smashes his face into a marble table that moves like a like a cardboard card table, and then he the goes only reason out. I can believe that is Clancy Brown is a pretty big guy, so he maybe is. he could squash Charles Martin Smith with three fucking headbutts. But still, that's yeah, why a year bit. later it works when he beats the shit out of uh, Fresh Fish in Shawshank Redemption and kills him. Yeah. He kills Fresh Fish <laughs> yeah. the first night he's there, but uh, he kills him. Goes on the hallway, sees his zombie friend that he injected, and is like. Uh, you know, notice I'm wearing the same clothes. Like, what do you think? I'm scared of you. <laughs> like, I'm clearly a fucking zombie. And then uh, Clancy Brown chops his fucking head off with an axe after a big fight, and, and is like guy's, fucking he's, zombies. He's, he's doing a really bad callback to Griffin Dunn from American Werewolf in London. We were kind of commenting on that, only not near as good a makeup. So no, it was pretty bad. He didn't have yeah. his like neck exposed and weird shit. It, it, it was like Spirit Halloween off the shelf type fucking zombie makeup. It wasn't as bad as Dawn of the Dead, the original, which I love, but let's be honest, the makeup is terrible in that movie. Oh, you don't like the blue makeup with the, the blue uh, the and green around the lips? Yeah. Let's throw pies <laughs> in the zombies' faces. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't like that. I love that movie, but that's the worst scene. You do a whole episode on that movie. <laughs> yeah, just the makeup. But yeah. uh, And then he kills him, chops off his head, doesn't have to worry about him again. Shows up later at the very end. This is when the surprise happens. Where Clancy Brown is sitting in his chair in his house. The same shot we've seen a thousand times. 
But this time, he's in total, he's cascaded in darkness. So I'm going, something's wrong with his face. Clearly. Clearly something's wrong with his face. Oh, you left off the whole, you left out the whole arc with Cheech Marin. Go right ahead, because I forgot this. Go right ahead. No, yeah, (laughs) Cheech Marin comes in uh, halfway through this movie. Who the fuck was Teach Baron? Did we ever decide? Is, is it his uh, psychiatrist or? He comes in. He he has an accent that's somewhere between Mexico and Sigmund Freud, so German. Yeah. And where he touches, he's, he's a, like, he's this a psychiatrist, is weird. So he's talking like Sigmund Freud. <laughs> but he touches the little uh, uh, toy that's on the on the shelf, or his little alcove thing that looks like it's like Two Face, where it's like half Clancy Brown, half demon. He touches yeah. that, and he's like. Let's do this. And you can, I think he injected him. I assume he injected him with some of that blue fluid, right? Because suddenly Clancy Brown wakes up on a table and he has a tattoo on his chest. It was a really chest. bad cut because we saw Cheech Marin for like two seconds, which yeah. if I could have just taken in a little bit more of Cheech Marin dressed up like this African voodoo priest type guy, I would have enjoyed it. But nope, they, they honey-dicked us on that one. They kind of... Uh, they 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 pulled they cut away too soon so I don't really know what happened I kind of, it kind of lost me there I my assumption was he gave him some of the fluid some of the day okay. day blue fluid he woke up on a table he's got a tattoo on his chest like the dead body at the beginning he wakes up in real time and then Cheech Marin has like cougar face cougar paint all over his face and is like boogity boogity and then yep. Clancy Brown wakes up in the chair. This is where we get, he's cascading shadows. Some fucking random woman we've never seen before walks into the room and is like, hey, are we going forward with our plot for blah, blah, blah? And he's like, <laughs> give me give me a second here. And he injects some fluid into his neck. And he's you're kind of like. shooting it up like a junkie. I got to give yeah. Nancy Brown credit for at least trying to sell that to us. I got to get know. my fix. Yeah. And the whole time you're going. Something's wrong with his face because he's in shadow the entire scene. Every angle they cut to, he's in shadow. It is not a surprise. But you finally see his face and she goes, ah! And you see that half his face is, it's two-faced. Half his face is like eaten away, rotted. And the other half is fine. But he injects the blue fluid into his fine side, which is weird. For something. To preserve his face? Like an apple? Right? Is that the assumption? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was just hooked on this shit. I don't know. And the second he takes the thing into his neck, you're like, all right, so let's find out why. Oh, no, here's the crew keeper. The crew keeper's like, bye. Good luck with this episode. Bye. Do, 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 Cornbally joke. Yeah. Enter our cornbally joke, which we were just, we were like growling from how bad this episode was. So we don't even remember hearing the rest of the joke because we just didn't fucking care anymore. The problem I had with this episode is this was my last straw where I went, let's give it one more to see if this show really is bad. (laughs) And here we are listening or watching episode 512, a random episode pull from bingo where it's completely fucking random up here, right? There's nothing Clearly I can the do. The bingo thing is cursed. Yeah. The, the bingo thing is cursed. I dropped two balls. They're fucking random in this house. I have no idea where they are, but we'll find them. But it's random. One out of 75, and I've drawn th- four fucking cartoons out of nine episodes, which is infuriating. But I have not enjoyed all the way through one episode where I would say, that was a good episode. This one, I'd say, it's halfway horrible. 
which is so fucking fitting that I almost want to give him points for saying, you called your shot there, episode. Good job, right? Yeah, they were, they were prepping the audience for disappointment. Like, uh, well, we know this is bullshit. It's halfway horrible. Because we almost, I think the reason I'm so angry about this one is, unlike the last one, we were pretty much expecting it was going to be horrible. This one, we're like, oh, look, Cheech Marin. Oh, look, Clancy Brown. Oh, look, Martin Clove. Oh, look, Charles Martin Smith. Nope. Still fucking terrible. It yeah. may as well have had Susie, Mo, Larry, and Curly in there. And those aren't the three stooges, just Mo, Larry, and Curly that live in the dumpster behind Walmart, you know? And had them in the episode, and it would have played out exactly the same way. If this had my three favorite actors or actresses in there, it still would have been a disappointment where you're almost more disappointed because if Clancy Brown was in a great episode of Tales from the Crypt, you go, that was a great episode moving on. But with this, you go, he is great. Undoubtedly. I really can't subtract anything from him in this episode, honestly. But then you start subtracting everything from the episode itself. Therefore we're back over to Clancy Brown. Why are you in this episode? <laughs> and you're kind of like, Oh, it's frustrating. It's just frustrating. So here's my theory, uh, yeah. Phoenix. I, I just arrived at this just now. All, all of the budget for this episode was spent on the salaries of the four actors that we mentioned and nothing else. Not on the makeup, clearly not on the story, not on the script. The writer said, fuck it, it's halfway horrible. This episode is the most closely... It's, it closely resembles Corman's Calamity as far as it's not spending any money Outside of what it has, it's not... But at least Corman's Calamity had the the monster effects and the Tim Burton clothing. And you can tell they spent money on certain things. This one, I really can't tell you what they spent the money on. They, Like you said... It they sure as hell wasn't the Beetlejuice furniture. No. His house had the only stuff in there, which was leftover shit from the previous episode we did, 510. It, it was yeah. like random relics from his the exact same cabin, right? It was the exact same stuff just fact, moved I'm over. I'm pretty sure the coffee table wasn't even really a coffee table. It looked like they just took some of those those glass cubes that they keep shuffling around the set and put those there, and then two two-by-fours. Oh, it's a modern art coffee table. Oh, points for originality. No, you don't get that. No, it was the exact same uh, stuff from the last episode. The director of this episode, Gregory Wyden, Let's talk about him for a second. He he directed The Prophecy, not the one you're thinking of. No Christopher Walken there. He wrote... Oh, I, ironic. Isn't it weird that he wrote Highlander 2? That <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that during the commentary. They couldn't afford Clancy Brown. And he wrote Highlander 1. He also wrote... Okay. So he made a lot of money off this one right here. He wrote Backdraft. He must have made so much fucking money off that. Backdraft is pretty fucking great movie. Backdraft I fucking great. watched that about a week ago, and it's held up pretty well. And Backdraft is so powerful that it is still an example at Universal Studios. If you go to there in L.A., they still have the Backdraft exhibit because it still holds up. Because it's just shooting fire at you. That's all it is. Holds up. Yep. They, they managed to turn fire, actual fire, into a monster movie. It was fucking kind of brilliant. Oh, it is a Christopher Walken prophecy. I'm sorry. He wrote okay. one and two. Yeah. He also wrote three. And he wrote a lot of the Hellraiser sequels. 
Okay, well, that, that explains it, because the, the only Hellraiser <laughs> sequel I give a shit about is the second one, and everything past that oh, just kind of starts to slowly turn into garbage. He wrote Prophecy, the short, and he wrote Debtor, which is the worst one of them all. Um, but he wrote a lot of the one. Prophecy movies, and Backdraft 2 as well, which is just Prophecy, fantastic. I've only ever seen the first one. Yeah, those are not good movies, but no, so you're kind of getting a theme here. We'll end on this. We're only at 28 minutes, but let's go ahead and end on this because we have the episode's done, right? We're done with that. So I think so. You're starting to realize that they start they hired talent as far as writers, directors, actors. Where what happened between that and production time and finishing the pro, the production? Where the episode came out and it was like, that's oh, okay. You know what I mean? Because if I, I hire, maybe they just they just thought that that the actors being in the show was enough to sell it. That must have been it, right? You know, and and the other thing we were kind of talking about this a little bit off off camera, off recording, is that you know we grew up in times where video stores were popular, but it was mostly for movies. You weren't going to the video store to rent shows. You know what I mean? Like we can do that now. We can rent episodes of shows. You can buy entire shows on yeah. DVD. This is when you only watched what was on TV. And I remember watching this show as a kid. I don't remember liking it. I, I mean, Maybe I do, but we have these friends or, well, let's not say friends. Let's say mutual acquaintances or acquaintances in general that, like this show or have fond memories of the show. I have not figured out why I am exactly in that category. I have fond memories of the show and now I'm watching it going, Oh, why do I have those memories? Is it because I, I got to watch a rated R show as uh, what year is this as a nine year old? Is that why? Is that That's the only probably reason part of it? Your brain has tricked yourself into thinking this is somehow better than it actually was. But the thing is, I didn't grow up going. I never saw Child's. Play. I watched Child's Play. I watched Freddy. You know, Freddy Krueger. I watched Jason. I watched Michael Myers. I watched all that shit prior to this show being on the air. So why am I? Why do I have this memory of this show being so great when it's clearly not that? No, I, so I don't need it. It's, it's, it's kind of like I, I had told you earlier, I, I used to have fond memories of Buck Rogers in the 25th yeah. century. I have seen that recently. It is not good at all whatsoever. Not good. But it was all that we had, and we watched it because, oh, wow, a space show on TV. Oh, wow, look, a Crypt Keeper that's like a puppet. And he's kind of not funny at no, all. Like, no, he's, he's punny. Like he's punny. Laugh, but we don't. We like him aesthetically. Let's put it that way. And that's kind of why Adam and I want to say next time we do a Never Go Back episode, which is our Adam, technically, his version of uh, shows you should not rewatch because they don't hold up, which turns out is the entire premise of the show. <laughs> um, the next time yeah. we watch like one of those episodes, we're going to do it in his YouTube page. So it'll be live. So follow oh, Adam. That'd where, be great. Where do you follow Adam at? You follow Adam at uh, RaisedLostFlicks.com. Uh, I have links to all of my social media right there. Uh, if you don't want to mess around with that, you're a Twitter person. You can find me at Raiders underscore OTLF. I'm also on Facebook. On, uh, just look, just type in Raiders of Lost Flicks into Google. It'll take you everywhere. Perfect. Yeah, go ahead and check that out because eventually we will be on there talking about Friday the 13th, the series. Or Looking forward to it. Freddy's Nightmare, the series. Or Tales from the dark side again, or 
Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> my favorite show from the 90s that doesn't hold up is uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? It doesn't hold up, but it is a lot of fun to do. We should definitely do an episode of that because it, it is fun to make fun of. And I'd love to do that with you. Um, I'll just say, go to for me, go to liwstudios.com. Um, go to Loitering in Wonderland at gmail.com. Send me an email if you have a request for an episode that we need to do in the future. Whether it be Tales from the Crypt or something else, we'll definitely do it. I will take your advice instead of random episodes drawn from a bingo ball hopper. I'll take your advice over that any time of the day. Uh, I would like to piggyback off that, too. If you know an episode <laughs> yeah. of the show that, that's good, that you remember being good, that you've seen recently, recently please, you have seen it good, please that tell we us. need to watch, tell us, because we're about to give up. Tell us on a on the weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, because we, we, we do these shows on Tuesday. Please tell us on a weekend so that way I know what's going on, I know ahead of time, and I will gladly take your advice. Um, to be honest, it doesn't matter when you tell us. I'll still take your advice because it is better than the Bingo Hopper has done, which is four episodes out of nine, technically eight because Adam chose a different episode for one. So half of the episodes are chosen by the Bingo Hopper or cartoon episodes with a 22%, 23% odds. And I, I can't get over that, and it's, it fucking infuriates me. But please... That bingo hopper belongs in the vault <laughs> on Friday the 13th series. It is, it is Annabelle the, the bingo cur- hopper. Curious goods. <laughs> yeah, it needs to go under a fucking glass. Zach Baggins needs to grab that fucker. Buy, me off, buy it off me for 10 grand like he did the Ghostbusters merchandise, Just but... Fucking get rid of it. Set it up. No, no, actually, don't set it on fire because you'll let the evil spirits out of it. And it'll, like, you know, it'll be out into the world and make things even worse. No, put it away. Oh, no, it's back. Here's the thing. Uh, let me draw the next episode, even though technically I have the next episode. Adam, are you ready? Nope. No, I'm not. This is not going to end well for either one of us. <laughs> I just drew two episodes somehow. They're probably cartoons. <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> I, I, for the listener, this is not staged at all. I'm, Adam can see me the entire time. I drew G47. So let's go find out what G47 is. Adam, fill in for five seconds. By the way, these these balls that he's drawing are literally the size of a fucking pea, like 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 a, a green pea. Yeah, these these tiny little balls that he draws from this this tiny little bingo hopper. All right, I'm very excited for this, Adam. It's not a cartoon, which is <sighs> I can't tell you how how grateful I am. It, it's the most luck you've had all this evening. Yeah. Dude, it has been a rough week for this show. Um, but so next episode we review. I have a cartoon episode drawn, 308, drawn and quartered, which is the name of that. But I also just drew an episode right now titled uh it's it's the original series, Tales from the Crypt, episode 314, Yellow. So if all goes according to plan, here's what'll happen. I'll review the cartoon episode by myself. Sunday, or, you know, whatever. You don't care, because you're listening weeks later. I'll review Yellow with my friend Richard, and we'll talk about that one, but hopefully we don't draw a cartoon episode after that. Um, I will not subject my friends to the cartoon episode. I 
did one with Pete, and I felt bad, but we're not going to do that to him. But, uh, yeah, yellow, 314. Oh, um, Pete's about as bad as me, though. He'll watch anything. Yeah. The guy watches, he, he watches Batwoman. For I living. told him exactly why I didn't care, and I go, oh, it's a cartoon. He goes, all right, <laughs> just turned it on. We watched it, and I was like. He does, dude. He, you know what he picked for his birthday? He picked, because I told him, I said, you can pick, because, you know, he's co-host of my show. All right, I'm not plugging my show anymore, but. He, he, I, uh, for his birthday, because I started this on my birthday, I picked two movies. I wanted to pick two of my favorite bad movies, which is Miami Connection and Samurai Cop. So I did a double feature. I said, Pete, I want you to have the same thing on your birthday. I told Alex yeah. the same thing. On your birthday, pick two movies. So he picks Monkey Shines, and I don't even fucking remember the name of the other movie. It was like some bad like Texas Chainsaw type ripoff uh, type movie. You guys are fucked fuck. for my birthday next month. You guys are fucked. He picks Monkey Shines, dude. And, and, and we're watching Monkey Shines, and it's like 90 minutes, like 90% bad road, and like maybe one little idea that kind of works towards the very end for about 15 minutes. We could have skipped most of that fucking movie. It's terrible. And that's a George Romero joint. It's not yeah. fair. That movie is disappointing because you're like, it's going to be so, oh, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. Oh, it's bad. Yep. Oh, it's over. You're kind of like, uh, well, just, what do we say? You and know, then you're trying to process what the fuck you just watched. You know, it's yeah, like, it's not this kid made. Oh yeah, George Romero. It's not so bad enough guy. or good enough to have any fun with. But yeah, oh. check us out next time. We'll I'll review one of those two episodes. I'll let you know ahead of time, obviously. But probably the cartoon next, and then Yellow after that. But um, any parting words of wisdom? Anything you learned from Halfway Horrible, Adam? Anything the, at all. The title was the clue, and you should always listen to the writer trying to warn you in, in <laughs> advance that, that this is halfway horrible. Uh, I, I think it was more than halfway horrible, but I actually I kind of agree with it because they did give us a star-studded cast at least, you know, and we can't fault Clancy Brown. He's not bad in this. It's just that everything surrounding him is... I, I think he's great in this. ...an embarrassment, yeah. So he did the best he could to try to elevate it. The actors are all great. It's just... Whoever wrote this, shame on you, man. Yeah. Or, or ma'am. Yeah. Agree. They they tell you right up front what exactly you should expect from this episode. And it's kind of like shame on you for not listening at that point. But Clancy Brown is great in this episode. Everyone's great. It doesn't... I just hate voodoo shit. That's why we're yes, talking about Serpent and the Rainbow. It's lazy writing uh, because it's always... It, we've watched two episodes now with magical, mystical voodoo bullshit which is just like lazy yeah. plot writing it's like oh everything like voodoo and santeria is spooky therefore go ahead and be racist toward those people because they're spooky spooky they draw a little white paint on you or in this case blue and you're supposed to be scared after because they're going to kill you because they're they don't give a shit about the white man and you're kind of like it's a jungle episode of twilight zone where you're like Oh, this is Which racist as shit, dude. Is, it is kind of racist if you think about it, because I've known people that actually do practice voodoo, and that is a, a genuine religion to them. So all, most of this is bullshit. We yeah. know it's bullshit, and it's probably offensive to people that do practice it. So I, I'm not going to fault somebody if they want to believe in something. Well, but I am going to fault people that make fun of other people that believe in stuff. Exactly where I fall. Ha shame on you for making fun of these people. Shame on you for believing this as well. Because it's obviously bullshit. Everything you believe in is bullshit. Everything you make your episode about is bullshit. So shame on both of these halves. Shame on you both. You should both realize you're in the middle. And the fact of, of the world is 
everything's just okay and everything's not magical and you can't control a lot of it, but you can control some of it. All you can really control is how you view it. End of world. <laughs> That's it. I did learn something though, Phoenix. I, I learned that oh, great. You, you know, I, I, I can complain about modern writing and how bad like horror writing is and all this kind of stuff. I, I realize now that there was bad writing back then too. We just selectively remember the good stuff and kind of forgotten about the bad stuff. Exactly. This writing is awful. It's really bad. I have a feeling that when I get to the episodes I do remember, I'm going to go, I remember this. This is why I remember this. That is all I enjoy out of this. The rest is dog shit. Because it's a memory and your mind has tricked yeah. you into thinking it was a good thing because it reminds you of better times. I will say, well, nostalgia is different for me because... Being a child fucking sucked. I would not go back to that for a trillion dollars. I mean that. So nostalgia doesn't mean to me what it does to most people, which is, I remember a fonder time when I was a child and innocent. No, I fucking hated being a child. I would not go back to that for any amount of money. But at the same time, your memory plays tricks on you where you think it was great, and you're like, this is great because I was a child. No, it turns out you're dumb as a kid because you were fucking nine. <laughs> And therefore, you're easily entertained. What are the odds? Like, there's some mom- movies I know as a nine year old that I love still to this day, but that is so rare. And it doesn't apply to things that you watch passively, like this show, where you watched it once and it was done and you didn't see it again for 20 years, like, or 25 years. How long? This episode is 29 year- 27 years old. I don't remember anything about this. The last episode we did, I remember a little bit, remember? But I didn't remember the twist. But I go, this feels familiar. Like if, that's if all HBO I got. If HBO tries to resurrect this series, they're going to have to do better than this, man. They really. I, I kind of wish they did. I feel like this ep- this if show they had some better writing. You know, because you, you could get somebody else to do. Hell, you could do the crypt keeper voice. You're doing a pretty good job on the intros. <laughs> so did it? You know, but what if I you meant... just bring back some better writing. I think it'd be all right. Well, I'm a good writer. So here, <laughs> let me do there one and take go. over. But here's what I actually meant to bring up on the episode one of this show that I never got around to because this is a... I didn't plan on this show being a different revolving guest every time. But I wanted to do the ending, doing the Crypt Keeper voice, and work on my Crypt Keeper voice every single episode. <laughs> but I, I never got around to it because it just never came up. So this is the first time it did. But I, I, I do think this show would fare better than Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, where this show would be better as a <laughs> reimagine this show and fuck around. Jordan Peele would have been so much better with Twilight or Tales from the Crypt I, than I Twilight Zone. I have yet to meet somebody that tells me that, oh, man, George, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone is just some next-level shit, man. You need, you need to watch this. It's, it's, so, it's so progressive and so awesome. I have not met a single person anywhere that's told me that yet. Well, here's, here's, a, here's a challenge, Adam. Do you want... I mean, this is kind of spoiling a different show, but do you want next week to review a 2019 episode of Twilight Zone? Not really. Can you please want one so we can do it? Because <laughs> okay, I have I one. See, I see where this is going now. Frank only did six out of ten of those episodes, so we have four to get through with him. So Ugh. if you could join us for one of them, that is a good episode. Okay. Would you want to do it? If you tell me if it's a good episode, I'll, I'll give it the time of day. I need I need some reassurance going into it that I'm not going to be miserable watching it. Here's the thing, though. As far as B-movie 
reviews go. You have to be willing to be on board for some shit that's just like, oh, this oh, absolutely, is terrible. Dude. Yeah, like, like I just told you, Pete, he watches, you know, Batwoman. I, I rented Cats. I spent money and rented Cats to watch it because I heard it was miserably awful. And I wanted to see exactly how bad this train wreck was. That's my whole... To my be whole fair, you yeah, watched the butthole-less versions. To be fair. No buttholes. I want to watch the version with buttholes. That's the only version I'm interested in. There, there's a butthole cut somewhere, and I'm on a mission to find it. If yeah. it's not butthole-related, if it doesn't have buttholes galore, if it's not called the butthole galore version or the butthole galore edit, I'm not going to watch it. Because... That is one of the trailers you can watch in a theater and go, oh, that movie's going to tank. That movie's going to... I remember watching that trailer before Frozen 2. They released it in November, though, man. Like, they thought they... You know, I saw, like, some kind of an outtake. It was with Taylor Swift and Andrew Lloyd Webber. And it's like one of those... It looks like it's, like, made for, like, a DVD-type edition, you know, thing. And it's, like, talking about them making a new song for the movie. Real real quick? Like... like the real the piano playing in the background, like they're they're really serious about what they're doing. Like, oh, this is going to be so great and everything. I'm like, do you realize that you're making this for one of the worst fucking movies that came out last year? Like, like Taylor Swift. It has like a two point seven. Oh, it's 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 yeah. It, it it is as bad as they say it is, and 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 a whole lot more. I actually had a couple of good laughs at it. It's not the worst movie I saw last year, believe it or not, but it's definitely curiously creatively bankrupt it looks like oh god where was it going with this i forgot because i was listening to you um i'm sorry <laughs> no you're good it, it's on me um it's it looks like a Dr. fake trailer Rowe if you made it into a musical oh uh, that's what i was gonna say it looks like um it looks like when you're watching this trailer and it has taylor swift and the fucking australian fat bitch that nobody gives a shit about and it has all uh, whatever his name is that has a late night show gordon Gordon, yeah, fucking Gordon. James Gordon, but it has this cast, and you watch it, and you go, "This feels like those ABC live musicals, like Grease or Hairspray." <laughs> yeah, it feels like one of those, but this is in a theater, and I saw it in the trailer before, like Frozen yeah. Two and shit, and I go, "Oh, it's gonna tank! Oh, it's a, it's a movie! Oh, it's gonna tank so bad!" Then I thought it was an ABC production. I go. That's not, I'm just going to watch that. And then I realized it was a specific movie released into theaters to watch that. And I go, oh, nobody's going to watch that. That's great. <laughs> I was excited. That's what everybody thought. And that's, that's what's so curious. That's why I had to watch it. Because the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking, who, who is responsible for, the, for these, des, these design choices? Like, they spent, like, a lot of money on this. And when you're watching it, you don't see any of that money. Kind of like this, this episode of... Uh, Tales in the Crypt, like you're yeah. wondering where the money went, and you realize it probably just went to the actors that are that are doing these voiceovers, or yeah, but you're talking about a hundred grand versus a hundred million. Ugh. So really, like ten times more, and you're kind of going, how did they spend that money? And equally as terrible as as the other. <laughs> But one of them spent ten times, so you, you kind of forgive. I, I felt I felt bad for the people doing the digital effects, man, because I, I heard that director's a real dick. I can't remember his name right now, and it does. It's the same guy that did Lame as Rob and, and a bunch of other bullshit. Uh, he, yeah, he did the the you know the the King's speech and everything else. He's Tom probably, Hooper. Yeah, really proud of himself, but 
this movie is is just it it, it, it the, the special effects don't even look like they're finished. Like, well, it's, it's embarrassingly bad for everybody involved. The problem with this guy, Tom fucking Hooper, who I don't care for, is a guy is a British guy who directs movies where he goes, "I want an Oscar." So the first movie he did that you know is is noticeable is the key. Excuse me, The King's Speech, which yes. won him Best Picture. Great. And he's like, okay, I'll go from there. Lame as a rob. Nobody gave a shit about that movie. Nobody fucking cares. Nobody, nobody fucking watched it. Next one he does is The Danish Girl, which is the most Oscar bait movie I've ever seen in my fucking life. It's just there to get Eddie Redmayne a fucking Oscar nomination, and the rest of the movie can go fuck itself. You could tell it's all he cared about. That's all they cared That's about. That's all he did with this one. He thought, oh, I know. I'll get Jennifer Hudson in to sing Memories, which is yep. the only song that anybody fucking recognizes from this. And you know what? She sucks in this movie. She absolutely fucking sucks. She does not hit the notes. She cries through half of the fucking song, and yep. The, yep. the music outdoes everything that she's saying vocally. Exactly. I think that was a design choice to cover up the fact that she sucks so bad at this. They could probably only afford her doing one take at it. And then you get him going, oh, Cats is available to make a movie out of. That was a huge uh, Broadway play. It ran for decades. So and let's go ahead. why, because the, the songs are kind of catchy. Yeah. That's so let's go ahead and make that say. movie. Oh, yeah. it got a, here's a, a fact as of today. That movie has a 2.7 out of 31,889 votes, which is crazy bad. That is a crazy <laughs> amount of bad votes. Nobody <laughs> likes this movie. That's why I had to rent it, man. I had to know. Like, like that's, that's my whole thing, man. As if it's bad, I want to know about it, and I want to make sure that I see all of the really bad movies that have ever been made. It, it's, it's, it's a search, you know? The struggle is real. Yeah, but... Let's get out of here. So, yeah, we've been talking for a while. I feel like Adam and I could talk about different movies forever. So let's just get out of here. Um, halfway horrible. You're correct. So until next time. And in the meantime, we'll be back for either drawn and quartered or half or uh, yellow. I'm Phoenix West. And I'm Adam Wilcox. So long. <coughs> um, My dog's mad. Citizens.